So I'm curious about how you go about striking that balance between, you know, personal branding, promoting things uh, without coming across as overly self-promotion. Lead with value, right? If you are providing the most value you can in every post, that's really as much self-promotion as you need. Thought leadership. It's a word on the tip of everyone's tongue these days. Becoming a thought leader can build trust with your audience, extend your reach, and help you collaborate with other experts in your field. But how can you achieve it? This episode, we'll dig into the nitty-gritty of how CMOs and other professionals can elevate their personal brands and gain influence through the use of LinkedIn. Learn the roadmap to LinkedIn success in three, two, one. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news, you're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I'm your host, Mallory Kuhn, and I'm joined today by Chris Dubois, Senior Growth Consultant at Lean Labs. Hi there, Chris. How are you? I am great, Mallory. How are you? Awesome. I'm great, too. And I'm really excited about the topic that we have today because um, it's not something I'm super familiar with. Um, but I know it's something that you've been exploring and working on a, a lot in recent years, especially this year. So um, I'm very excited to, to get your take on this and uh, kind of dig into the details. So um, the title of the episode will have given it away for our listeners. <laughs> um, but we are going to be talking about LinkedIn marketing and becoming a thought leader. So uh, this whole process for CMOs. So let's start with your experience. So can you describe for me your personal experience in building a brand on LinkedIn? Sure. So worth noting, not a CMO, um, although a lot of my experience obviously is within marketing. And so uh, connected to a lot of CMOs, but I went from really no LinkedIn following or engagement to, uh, man, I'm just shy, I think, of 3,000 followers now. Get decent engagement on everything. Uh, more importantly, I connect with a lot of people and actually have conversations. And that's something you don't necessarily always see on the, the front end of, of LinkedIn, right? You you look at a post and you're like, oh, he's got this many comments or this many likes. Uh, but you don't see all the conversations that actually started because of that. And, and uh, I think that's, that's where I'm noticing a lot of the... Uh, big stuff but yeah it really just came down to publishing thoughts feelings critiques on things daily and and getting in that flow of writing and uh and putting things out there and then engaging with everyone like just a ton of of people in order to share my thoughts there um and I'm, I'm, we'll get into this more i'm sure through the episode but uh yeah that's kind of my experience you know when it comes to social media and you know linkedin and all the all the different platforms I think most people at this point have recognized the power of these these kinds of platforms. But um, I'm curious about who is in, is it important to build that personal brand for on LinkedIn, right? So people who are business owners and entrepreneurs, I obviously think that there's a very natural flow uh, to to wanting to build your personal brand and just having an additional avenue uh, through which people can you know connect with you. Uh, but what about folks that aren't necessarily a business owner? What kind of, uh, you know, professionals do you think can benefit from building this personal brand? Yeah, I think everyone should do it because it is your reputation is one of the 
things that you own. It's going to follow you everywhere. So even if you choose at some point to change careers, to move to a different company, uh, to take go out on your own and start your own business, right? If you already have a following because you've built up this reputation that says you're someone worth following, now you get to bring that audience with you. If you're looking at like job seeker, right? If I'm hiring people and I see that this person I'm bringing in is, you know, has a large following, they're likely going to be able to help me promote my business much faster as well. And so why would I not bring them in? Um, and so, and it gives you some like, as a business owner, when you're looking at other people's personal brands, right? It gives you some like comfort knowing that, hey, this person is actively doing things to try mastering their field. And so, so you get that confidence to know that when I do hire this person, like they actually do care about this, right? They're thinking about these things. Uh, they're doing this in their, in their free time. They're actually talking about it and engaging with people about this. That goes a long way when you're, when you're looking at bringing on a team member. Um, so yeah. everyone. Everyone. Well, and that makes sense, right? It shows that level of passion, which I think uh, can be very important for, for anyone at any level. So I want to start digging into some nitty gritty because um, that is what we're here for. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what are some key elements of a successful LinkedIn marketing strategy um, specifically for someone at that kind of CMO level um, if they're aiming to become a thought leader in their industry? Um, just, you know, what are some of the key elements that you've made sure that you're including uh, in your strategies? Basically? So first, you have to be consistent, like painfully consistent. Uh, the algorithm is set to promote the people who are posting most frequently, right? Any This is with any social media platform. They want you to stay on that platform and they want you to encourage others to stay on that platform. So the more frequently you're posting and showing that, hey, I am here, I'm present doing the work and more than like, that's going to get more people following you and stuff and, and engaging with your posts, showing that you're driving conversation on the platform. The more you can do that, like the more visibility you're going to get more impressions for all of your social media. And so consistency, like number one. Next, pick the categories that you want to talk about, like three to five. And there's a couple different ways you can go about this. There's like tons of like theories, strategies and everything. Some, uh, I think it's Jenna Kutcher has like the, the big five, which are, you pick those five topics for you. One of them is going to be something around your family or like personal life so that you can have some posts that humanize you a little more. You're not just talking about this work stuff. Uh, but like as a CMO, there's tons of stuff you can talk about as a CMO. And unfortunately, you cannot be an expert in everything. And so like maybe content marketing is where you really want to like pick your thoughts and plant your flag and then go in that direction. So you might have content marketing, you might have SEO, you might have like a couple things around that uh, as your topics. And then you can just keep rotating the the categories. You don't want them so far out that it's like, okay, today I'm talking about how I can work with sales and then tomorrow content marketing. And then the next day is something else, right? You want to give people that like, when they show up to look at your posts, they generally know what to expect. People like that consistency and congruency that they can find there. So, um, so do that. Uh, have calls to action in your posts, even if it's commenting or asking a question to get people to engage, right? Don't, it's frowned upon to put links inside your post because that, Obviously, it sends someone off LinkedIn, right? And LinkedIn wants people to stay there. So do it in the comment. Uh, this way, you know, link in the comments. Uh, my guess is that even the algorithm is looking for link in the comments and framing against that. But 
you want some sort of CTA, right? All marketing should be inspiring some sort of action or building trust. So you don't necessarily need a CTA everywhere, but like, why would you not? Even if it's something super simple, just to see if people are actually liking and engaging with your content, right? You could put, hey, if you believe this, give a thumbs up. If you believe this, put a heart, right? And like, just like something simple like that to see, because um, now you get to do some market research too, which is kind of cool for, for doing CTAs. Um, hashtags. Hashtags work a little differently in LinkedIn than other platforms, whereas like you can make up a hashtag and just make sure all of your content has that hashtag that's tied to your personal brand. Now someone can look up that hashtag and they're going to see all of your content. So people can follow that. Uh, this way, since some of your content isn't always going to be served up to people, this is a way that they can make you can make sure that they're actually getting it you know, through other means. Now it's, it's serving it up because they follow you, but also because they follow that hashtag. And so... Um, that's another one. And then, oh, connect with people. That's, yeah, the last really big one. You you get a certain amount of people that you can follow every week. Go connect with people, but be very deliberate about it, right? Find someone who works in your target space or the people that you want to approach. Go into their follower list and then start following those. Now, you can, you can do competitors, right? I can find a direct one-to-one a uh, competitor with me and just start connecting with everybody on their list. Or you can find someone who's in a related field. Uh, and I like this approach because now you can get into like some partnership type marketing nearbound where it's like, hey, we both serve the same audience, but we have completely different offerings for how we get about different problems. So let me connect because I can help you. You can help me. When I have that initial conversation with them, we can both say, oh yeah, I love this person's content. It was great. Not Hey, do you want to buy this from me? And like, go right, right into the sale. Because everybody, it's a thousand of those. A Nobody day. likes that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the number of people I've connected with who have been, you know, I've said, oh yeah, I saw you were connected to this person. I really like their content. I saw that you you had a very smart comment, you know, on this post. So I just thought it was worth connecting. And then we start a conversation back and forth. We get to know each other. And now we're commenting back and forth on each other's posts more frequently. And I just built a relationship. And now every time they comment on my, my post, my post gets shared to their entire network as well right and so like building these actual relationships like legitimately trying to connect with people is is one of the most powerful things you can do on linkedin yeah i i think that's a great takeaway uh a writer downer for this episode maybe uh of you know the importance of being authentic and genuine and forming those real connections on social media in general i think that's great uh advice because uh it, it sounds obvious but a lot of people don't do it <laughs> Uh, so it's a very important piece of the puzzle. Now, I want to get a little negative. What, what's are some of the consequences that uh, you might experience if you go into social media just like, you know, head down, guns blazing, but no strategy? Like you're just like, I'm just going to post. Uh, people will find me. Yeah, you're not going to see the traction that you're hoping for. It's it's going to take forever for something to happen. You're likely going to get discouraged because nobody's engaging with your your content because you don't actually have a flow for the content, right? You're just posting whenever you feel like you're you're not posting in specific categories. So you're not giving people a reason to actually follow it. And like you can make one post and the next week do the same post and odds are it's going to get in front of a completely different group of people, right? The people that haven't seen it before. Uh, which means if you're just posting once randomly uh, and not being very consistent with this, almost no one's going to be seeing your content anyways. And so you're right. not, you, this 
you're going to get sad because you're not not getting the traction you want. You need some sort of strategy before going into this. And that's really true with anything that you're, you're trying to do from like a business standpoint. Yeah. No, super, super fair. And that is the thing, you know, people will get discouraged and go, well, you know, LinkedIn doesn't work for me. Uh, and I think if you go in without a strategy, that's, um, you know, you're kind of betting against yourself from the beginning. Right. So there are a lot of um, CMOs, business leaders that are using LinkedIn really effectively. I think that's a very safe statement to make. <laughs> um, well, who are some of your favorites? What lessons can we draw from their experiences? So just, you know, essentially, what, what are some real world CMOs and, and business leaders doing on there that you love and why do you love it? Sure. So I was thinking over this question before the episode to give like surprising answers. Uh, <laughs> and there's, so I found like three that are kind of all, all doing different things or kind of approaching it a little differently that I feel make it, make it strong. So uh, Obad Durrani. That's uh, yeah, hard name to, to follow. He works for Hockey Stick right now, but he's very good at content marketing. He's not not a CMO level, uh, but he is a very very smart marketing manager, and he takes the approach of being a thought leader in content marketing. And he has like his own system, his own methodology, like his thinking, and he starts he frames all content creation around that. And so he can look at a post and use that, and he can teach about that, he can talk about that. And so he's so consistent with the messaging that it like attracts people. But you can, I'm pretty sure he was hired by Hockey Stick because of the reputation that he had built up doing these types of things and then getting there. And so I think mean, great example of someone to follow who's built a personal brand about what he believes for content marketing. And that actually led to him getting hired in other places. And obviously I don't, I wasn't part of the hiring decision. So I don't know if that's the reason, but like, I guarantee that would, that came up like, Hey, the student knows his stuff. Let's bring him on. Um, Danny Asling, Asling, um, he does a lot of really good content around the CMOs and what what they should care about. Uh, and so it's great it, reading his stuff. It's really good for just like you can tell he is a CMO and understands the position and all of this. So now if I'm again if I'm a hiring party, right? I'm like this dude obviously gets it, right? He talks about it all the time and he knows what he's doing. But he's also able to help a lot of people as CMOs and connect with them. These people who are reading a lot of this stuff are not CMOs yet. They're looking, they're aspiring to be, and so they're looking for that type of content. And so even from his perspective, he can step into a company as a CMO, and there's so many people following him that he can say, hey, we're hiring. And now he can pull all of these people in. But it also gives them opportunities for jobs and like for people just curing what he's talking about, right? Tons of benefits from that. Um, last one, a little bit different, but I got to call out Dave Gearhart. Because he was, you know, a VP of marketing, a CMO, and he just keeps posting consistent content. What I like about Dave's stuff is that he doesn't follow any prescribed, like, you have to write your LinkedIn posts this way. He just posts what he's thinking and provides as much value as he can in every post. And by doing that, he gets a lot of people paying attention to what he's doing, right? And now through that, he was able to build a very large marketing community and people come in. Now he gets to also have those conversations within his community and share that content there, which helps market his own community, right? So he went from working for other people now completely working for himself because he was able to build such a strong personal brand that people are going to him uh, for this type of information. And so, yeah, I think those are the those are the big ones. Some three great examples. I'm going to see if uh, I'll grab the uh, links to their 
profile awesome. for you uh, after the show, and we'll we'll put them in the show notes. Um, so uh, can easily go check those those guys out. So I want to talk a little bit more about the specific types of content because um, you know you can post uh, all different formats of content on LinkedIn. Uh, in your experience, what types of content tend to perform best on LinkedIn? And there's a couple different ways you can go with this answer. It can be about the content of it or literally the the file type, right? Like do videos perform better or photos or text-based only? Uh, just, you know, kind of in your anecdotal experience or, or if you have, you know, any, any data. Yeah. So I have seen data, but I don't know how much I believe it, uh, where like the video content on LinkedIn was actually underperforming compared to just regular text posts. Um, yet I had run my own series called Coffee with Chris. And it was like little two to four minute videos of me just talking about an idea. And those were actually performing better than my text posts and driving more conversations outside of that thread. And so like from my perspective, it worked very well as anecdotal. Um, but uh, that's a thing. Uh, you will find that more people the people who are teaching you how to be very good at posting on LinkedIn get a lot more impressions and traction and, and everything, right? So look at what people are posting. If you're like, oh, this guy does this and it works very well. But LinkedIn wants to support them because they're teaching people how to be better at LinkedIn, which drives more traction right. Right, for LinkedIn. So pay attention to that. Uh, and also be wary if you hire someone like that who's like, I'm a ghostwriter for LinkedIn. Look how awesome I am. LinkedIn is promoting their stuff so much because it's going to drive more to LinkedIn. And so your content around how to run a, like a, I don't know, a service for veterinarian clinics, uh, off the top of my head there, you're not going to get as much traction doing that as they are talking about just how to write on LinkedIn. And so like, be wary that, you know, they the results are going to vary dramatically based on what you're talking about. Um, but I personally find the content that is is teaching stuff, providing the most value that you can, giving a where you are like planting a flag and taking a stance on something, right? Um, and then promoting other people, like sharing ideas of others and getting other people involved in the conversation because it relates directly to them, not just tagging. I have there's one guy, won't mention his name, but but he anytime he posts. I was on his podcast at one point. So he just tags me along with multiple other people in his posts in order to try driving traffic. Like instead of hashtags at the bottom, he just tags all of the people that he has talked to. And unfortunately, a lot of those people like getting tagged. So they just like it and comment. And now this guy gets a lot more visibility, but it's like, it seems such a disingenuine way to actually drive conversation because he's just using your record. But if I could, you know, I could do a LinkedIn post on say, say, hey, three uh, you know, marketers that you need to follow on LinkedIn, talk about the three I just mentioned and link to them and share why it's valuable. Now that's a good reason because one of those people love that I'm pushing people their way, right? We're building almost this partnership like type relationship uh, versus just trying to use people in order to get that traction. So we want to obviously, okay, so LinkedIn, we, we need to be genuine. We need to be providing value. It just like, you know, with any, honestly, with any kind of content marketing, However, we know the, the the goal is to lead to that CTA, regardless of what it is. Um, so I'm curious about how you go about striking that balance between, you know, personal branding, promoting things and products, 
uh, without coming across as overly self-promotional. If you are just lead with value, right? If you are providing the most value you can in every post, that's really as much self-promotion as you need. You don't need to talk about yourself and like make yourself out to be, it's not like people are going to see, hey, this person provides me value and they're going to be attracted to that. And so you can always have like a, hey, buy now type post, right? And just like give them a CTA that actually tells them you want to work with them. And you can do those every so often. If you do it every day, people are going to not want to engage with that. They're going to feel like you're just trying to sell them. But if you can lead with just value and get people in, give, send them, even if you send them like a free guide and like, or say, hey, I'm launching this. I want to know if anybody wants quick access to it. Um, doing things like that to provide value offsite as well. That really, I mean, that's, you're leading with value. And so you're, Essentially, by doing that, you are more customer-centric, even if it's just for building a personal brand. And so, yeah, I would avoid over-self-promoting and just provide as much value as humanly possible. Great advice. So we dug into how to build your network, right? Who to connect with and being genuine and, and making sure you're strategically choosing who you're connecting with and, and you know, using those uh, that, that count, uh, daily count wisely. Um, I want to know uh, if you have any more tips, right? So if it's a CMO looking to expand their connections, they want to engage effectively with their existing network even. Um, and then on the metrics side of things, how important is post engagement versus number of connections? Or are these two metrics like inextricably related? Okay. Lot to unpack with this questions. Yeah, so, big question. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I kind of mentioned earlier, right? The you want to make as many can actual connections as you can, because just having connections doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't. If people aren't going to engage with anything you do, LinkedIn's going to stop serving it up to them. So you want to create content that people are going to actually, you know, en engage with, and they want to, and then by creating a relationship with people, they're more likely to engage with your content. So having a handful of great connections is more valuable than just having a ton of connections, period. The engagement rate of your posts is actually what's going to drive more people to see your stuff and, and get that out there. So yeah, from that side, the just get, get good connections. Start actually talking to people, actually trying to connect and actually caring about meeting other people rather than just just adding a number to the list. Yeah, just collecting connections. I see it all the time uh, on on Instagram as well, right? Where I'll, uh, so, you know, uh, regular listeners will, will probably have heard at this point, like I, I, I'm an author on the other side of my life. Uh, and, you know, you get requests as an author from people that are like, I'm a professional reviewer, I'll blah, 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 blah. Uh, and you go to their account and you're like, wow, they, they do, they have like 150,000 followers here on Instagram. But then you click on the individual posts and they're getting like, less right. engagement than I get on my posts, right? So you know that that's, uh, I mean, in that instance, a lot of the connections are probably bots. Um, but at the very least, they are not engaging authentically with their audience because their audience doesn't really seem to care about what they're posting. Um, so I, I definitely agree that the engagement is uh, often more important than just connecting or um, collecting connections uh, to do a little bit of a tongue twister there. <laughs> 
So to stay on the metrics train, um, LinkedIn offers some tools and features um, for content promotion, engagement, for tracking these things. Um, and the thing I, I think we need to really be careful with in terms of social media in general is metrics because a lot of the metrics are vanity metrics. What's actually important? What's actually going to move the needle? What do we really need to be caring about on here? So yeah. um, just what advice do you have on there? What metrics to watch? And um, do you use any external tools to track your metrics? And if so, would you recommend them? And what are they? <laughs> so internally, I think LinkedIn Premium is use very useful. Uh, they also have a feature where you can turn your your profile into a content creator profile. Changes things. People can follow you rather than just connecting right away, right? Change that CTA. Change it. It shows like topics that you talk about. It does a bunch of different things. A lot of people just switch their profiles. So that even though they're not actually like content creators, they're switching their profiles um, to this because it gives you a lot of features to be able to build up like a follower account much faster. And also will it will promote your content differently than if you were just a, like a regular member. Um, there's probably something to LinkedIn premium doing that as well. Um, cool thing about LinkedIn premiums, you can also hide your visibility when you're jumping on account. So like you can check someone out and not have it pop up on their, their page. Right. So, um, you don't have to feel awkward about that. Uh, sales navigator, super useful if you're actually trying to use it as a selling tool, which even as a marketer, right, you can use Sales Navigator, start targeting, you can run some ABM campaigns, things like that. Uh, Off-site, I use a tool called Shield. It is very nice. It connects to your uh, your LinkedIn account and shows you all the metrics for, you know, post-performance, engagement, follower counts, connections. Like it just, it stacks all this up and you can now compare your metrics first, different, uh, different timeframes, different things like that. You can get a quick quick feed on uh, your your most your highest like value posts like depending on what what type of posts they are when you posted you get a lot of insights that if you're someone into the metrics who's going to make some like accurate uh, data driven decisions that's something that can be super valuable for you. Um, I also it's worth noting too say like we as humans will gravitate towards the measurable, but there are lots of immeasurable things that we can actually lean into. Right. Like, and we do it naturally. Like a lot of people will say happiness, right? It's, it's immeasurable how happy you are. And, but we can use that as a bead to know if we're on the right track. That's why a lot of people will follow like money rather than happiness. Cause you can measure money. You can measure how much money you're making and then say, oh, that directly relates happiness. And so I would say also look at the, the immeasurable stuff as you're doing this, right? So that you can help build this consistent behavior. You are just miserable. The entire time you're posting and, and struggling to do everything on LinkedIn, you're doing it wrong because you're not going to be consistent. And so if you can figure out how do I measure the actual like quality, like how I'm feeling about these things and uh, and some of those other other pieces, right, that actually matter to you, it's going to make it much easier to actually create this habit. Uh, and then last thing, impressions does feel like a vanity metric, but if you start thinking about it as like, Okay, I had 300 people see this post, right? Not a lot if you're talking about how many people are actually using LinkedIn. But if you think about 300 people in a room, that's a lot of people. And now if you have that chance to get your message in front of 300 people, right? And nobody engages with it, it means it's the wrong message. So how can you keep refining that so that those 300 people actually want to engage? 
And so while it feels like a vanity metric to say I had this many impressions, you can really use that as a way to say like, well, am I getting the right amount of engagement that I would expect from that? If I had a, an audience of 300 people and nobody wanted to engage with me when I said what I thought, right? You'd be like, wow, okay. Obviously I'm doing something wrong here. And so, so yeah, I think there are a bunch of vanity metrics, but you can also use them as a way to figure out how to tighten your messaging and make sure you're doing the right things. Yeah, I think that message is really important there for because uh, a lot of the metrics on social are borderline vanity metrics, but it's not just about that metric. It's about how it interacts with the other ones, right? right. I think that's really, really important. Uh, you can take three quote-unquote vanity metrics, and if you look at how they intersect, maybe suddenly it's not a vanity metric yeah. anymore. It actually means something. Um, so for just kind of a, to, to wrap up, I know we talked a little bit about the importance of posting consistently on LinkedIn. Yeah, I know the algorithm. Uh, and again, that's true for all socials. Um, really likes that when you post a lot, it's really going to tank you if you don't. <laughs> uh, but let's get a little more specific. They're very actionable here. How often? How often is the right frequency in your experience? What's the ideal posting frequency? Is, can you go overboard? Is there a too much? Where's the line? Yes and no. So I've, I've tested this a bit uh, where I started posting two times a day. Now, actually, we can even take this one step back. There is potentially a difference between posting natively on LinkedIn and having something auto post for you. Mm. LinkedIn can tell if it's an auto post. And the fact that you're auto posting, LinkedIn likes that because it, it says you're posting. But it also doesn't like it because it says you're not on the platform actively engaging potentially with other content. And so it's like it wants it wants you to publish, but it also wants you to be on the platform doing the publishing because then, you know, it's like you walk into a convenience store or you go to a gas station, right, to get gas. There's a chance you're going to go in and buy all those other like junk food chips or whatever for your road trip. So that's what they're looking for. They're looking for those other activities that you're going to take when you publish. And so. Um, so I would say the more you can publish natively on LinkedIn, um, it becomes a little bit of a pain because now you got to remember and you got to post, but you can create a simple like dashboard somewhere like use Notion. That's what I do. Um, use that. The Or I've also done just Taplio, which is a great tool for it has AI connected to it where it'll look at my content, how I write, how I do everything, and then create a ton of posts and I can set them up in a queue and I get to edit them before they go out. So now it's it's really creating ideas for me that I can go in and edit and make sure it is something that I'm comfortable talking about because AI, it's not there yet. Uh, it's just going to spit out. Like if AI could create it, I mean, someone else could get that information through AI, right? And I don't want yeah. to do that around my brand. I want people to actually hear what I have to say. So it might just give me a good framing for like how I can like instill my thoughts to that post to get it, get it out in a different way, maybe hopefully connect with people. But I've tried once a day, I've tried twice a day, and I have found that once a day is perfectly fine. The timing can change uh, depending on what you're doing. I just, I post right now, I just do it at nine, nine o'clock, hit the post, let it go for the day, engage with people throughout the day as it's happening. And so I'm consistently like getting in whenever, if I got a couple minutes during the day, I'll jump in and I'll like post. I've also seen, and I tested this one, engaging with people before and after you post gets more attention to your post because when you engage with someone, it's going to serve up some of your content to them. 
right? And so the more people you're engaging with consistently, the more it's going to serve up your content. If your content gets a ton of engagement very early in its life cycle, then it's going to do better throughout its entire life cycle. And so engage with people. It's like warming up the algorithm, I think is how I've heard it referred to. Um, yeah. So do that. Keep people on LinkedIn too. We talked about it. Just like don't push people away as much as you can. If you're trying to push people to a podcast episode or something, cause you're just trying to share, put, put the video, put everything like there so they can enjoy part of it, but then put the link within the comments so that it's not penalizing you. For the post. Um, yes. Like it. It's all great advice about posting consistency. And I feel like we, we've moved a little bit into just general advice, but I, I'm greedy. Do you have any other parting thoughts? Any last little nuggets of advice? So how they can use LinkedIn to position themselves as thought leaders? So I would just say have fun, have fun with it. Going back to like the happiness piece, right? You're going to get discouraged if you're just looking at engagement numbers and everything. But this is a chance to to write out your ideas, to practice writing and fleshing out ideas and approaching them in different ways to see what works, what doesn't, right? You get, you can potentially get in front of a very large audience very fast to test your messaging. And when you can get that message market match where you know, hey, I use this message and it resonates with people, boom, why would I not go back to my website, to my assets, my offers and start using that language everywhere because I've now proven that it, it engages people. Like they actually want to hear that. Uh, so we're doing that testing everything very fast um, because you have the captive body. I mean, semi-captive, they're scrolling. But <laughs> but yeah, treat it, it's a marathon, right? Not not a sprint. But if you look at the best marathon runners, they're running at a sprint, right? And so, <laughs> and so like, no, it's go, it, It's not meant to be easy like to, to do this. And you are going to be, feel like you're constantly working against the algorithm. Use that to fuel you to take control of that algorithm and I use it to your advantage, right? And then and get everything you need. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me uh, about how CMOs can use LinkedIn to build trust with their audiences, boost their personal brand, become thought leaders. Uh, I think we covered some really great stuff here today, Chris. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope it, I did most of the talking, so I'm hoping we did. Yeah. Right. You know, like if not, no. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, you. I think our listeners are going to be able to use these insights and uh, you know really get started on their journey to uh, to building some some momentum on LinkedIn today. So thank you so much to everyone for listening. Do not forget to subscribe so that you never miss one of our episodes. And also, just take a moment, uh, take a minute, uh, take a, a second, and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast application. It really helps, uh, you know, get our message out a little further and helps us make more friends on here. Um, so until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. Want to grow your business? Trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year. <laughs>